welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. This is Melanie and in steamy, humid, hideous California. And with me is... And I'm Danielle, and I'm here in unpredictable Britain, where one moment it's shiny and lovely, and the next it's torrential rain. Update. I have a new microphone. Whee! So I should sound better, and I should stop dropping out, but... This is the first time we've recorded with it, so until this is finished, I won't know for sure. But hopefully it will help with the audio issues that we've been having. And also we've re-sort of jigged our setups on both ends of the computer so that we're both talking more into the microphone um, rather than having it sort of set around us, hopefully picking us up. Yeah, Yeah. so hopefully this one's better. <laughs> oh, it was it, it actually well I think mine's only better by perception because it has one of those things because it's got a thing it's, it's got, got that th- round disky spit guard type thing <laughs> 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 it's well protected from spit well protected and mine mine is sitting on a stack of books bizarro books which is quite fun it's all like you know Laurelie Barr Danger Slater you know Cool, weird, bizarre, bizarro authors. Check out the genre. It's super fun. Shout out! Shout out! (laughs) So, Danielle, do you have anything to purge this week? I have far too much to purge that I think that we should probably just skip it. Um, There's, if you look at the date of our recording, it's the 4th of August, 2019. And if you so choose, you can go and look up this date in the news. Um... And that's all I'm going to say. There's just too much shit. We're just going to stay away from it. And that is the purge. The purge is there's yeah. too much shit to purge. Yeah. There's a lot of awful shit going on. And um, we have some very strong feelings about it. So we're going to try not to go there. Exactly. Yes. That's but if you're listening and you're involved, I love you. And yes, my, my heart goes out. And I do have one small purge I would like to add. Go for it. Very small. I'll keep it short. So, when buying plates, apparently, (laughs) sometimes, it could be said that they are shatterproof. And my mother-in-law bought us some shatterproof dishes. And I, apparently, shatterproof means that it shatters extraordinarily. (laughs) We, We have dropped, like... We've my daughter. She's small. She's almost five years old. She's dropped a couple plates every fucking time. These plates, they don't just shatter. They explode. And there is tiny, sharp, thousands of tiny, sharp bits of fucking porcelain everywhere. And I don't think it's like porcelain. I don't know what the shit it is. It's weird. But it shatters like a goddamn like a, a grenade. I don't understand it. Yesterday, my daughter shattered a plate, and I swept it all up. And as I was washing dishes in the evening, something was on the bottom of my foot. So I went to go sort of get it off of my foot using my other foot, sort of like scraping the the thing onto the top Mm -hmm. of my other foot. And I sliced open the top of my foot. I would not stop bleeding. And it was horrifying. It was a black blood. I hit the vein. It was good. So fuck you and your shatterproof bullshit because it's a goddamn lie. Well, 
you need to join my club because I'm eating pizza off a plastic plate, but I'm an adult. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. And apparently you eat hideous, horrifying <laughs> pizza. Hideous. What is this? Okay. It's vegan cheese. So it's cheese with a cheese. Vegan cheese with vegan hot dogs, onions, and spicy mustard. And what do they call that kind of pizza? As, uh, typically, it is marketed as an American style of pizza topping. And that is goddamn offensive. <laughs> I can see why, in Europe, hot dogs and mustard are considered American style. And I can't see why you're so offended. I, I can see why, if you think of American food, you think hamburgers and hot dogs. Like, yeah. I totally get that. But on a fucking pizza? With cheese. Oh. <laughs> cheese. Cheese. I'm horrified. I saw it. She put it up to the Skype camera. I saw this monstrosity and I I'm just like terrified. It's not uh yeah. I mean it, I mean the way that the um mustard's been placed on this particular example is also um not very artful. It's like big <laughs> splodges of dog shit. <laughs> Yeah. But um, Melanie was amused because I originally referred to it as a dog Todd, <laughs> which yeah, is the technical so term. But yeah, when you put it on really nicely, it looks good. I I like mustard on a pizza. You gotta try it. I like I like barbecue sauce on a pizza. Barbecue sauce is also delicious. Now we're gonna get yeah. loads of hate mail about all how we're not eating pizza right from That's all fine. the thousands That's... and thousands of people that listen. <laughs> That's that's fine. Uh, just as long as you don't eat pineapple on a pizza, because that's uh, that's it's horrifying. You're on the anti-pineapple brigade. Yeah, God, oh. and I love pineapple, but not warm, oh. and not with cheese. Oh. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in the if it makes you happy, I don't care. So I usually don't care too. I usually don't care either, except for one time when my my boyfriend got pineapple pizza, and. It was not just pineapple on a pizza. It was just like, it was like a solid two fucking inches of just pineapple poured onto this pizza. You couldn't pick it off without losing 90% of the goddamn pizza. All right. Um, I'm well, not can I just say one more thing that's going to really make you feel gross then, just before we move on? Lay it on. Turner's, Turner's favorite pizza, or one of his favorite pizzas, is probably pineapple and sweet corn. What? We get that. Who does quite- that? We get that quite frequently. <laughs> Who puts corn on pizza? What is wrong with you people? There's corn on almost every vegetarian pizza over here. Yeah. That's so weird. Oh my god. They put they put corn in tuna over here. Tuna? Tuna, yeah. Tuna and sweet corn. Ooh. My face. <laughs> <laughs> whole episode where I literally just reveal British cuisine to Melanie and just record her facial reactions and that one will go on YouTube. Alright, cool. I'm down. Ugh. Sandwich paste. Yep. <laughs> yes, they literally chop up chickens or tuna or salmon or beef and just make it into a paste and then you can make yourself a little paste, paste sandwich. Ew. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Actually quite delicious. 
So it's just like it's just paste. It's just animal paste. Vaguely. Just animal paste. Yeah. Animal paste. Yeah. All right. Well. Nice. <laughs> we know how to cook. Uh, delicious taste. <laughs> is, like, is that like a, a liquid or semi-liquid equivalent to bologna? Yes, kind of, but it's more like um, a pate, but uh, not as posh. Okay, yeah. And you just spread it, off, spread it on a posh of it. Yeah. Anyway. Poor man's pate. <laughs> Poor man's pate. Paste. <laughs> All right. So, All right. what is our topic for this week? The topic this week is Darwin Awards. Hmm. That's me now, isn't it? That's all you, baby. Okay. So, what are Darwin Awards? To quote the official website, Honouring Charles Darwin, we commemorate those who improve our gene pool by removing themselves from it in the most spectacular way possible. So... The Darwin Awards are a tongue-in-cheek, imaginary award which started in a Usenet discussion group. Do you remember them? Vaguely, yeah. It's sometime around 1985. Um, Usenet was kind of like the very first kind of chat rooms of the internet. So we were a little bit young for Usenet, but it was still around in the 90s when we were starting to get computers. And I think I got my access to the internet in 1998. Uh, so, I got mine probably closer to like ninety five. I'm just th- I'm just thinking I was I was probably twelve, thirteen. So what's that? Yeah, that's about ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> the uh, Darwin Awards then became a website on, in its own right in 1993 and eventually started publishing books in 2000. And also it became a really, really terrible film in 2007. I will talk about that later <sighs> if I have to. <clears throat> <laughs> well, you sat through it. You might as well. <laughs> sat through it is one way to put it. <laughs> Endured it is probably more accurate. Uh, right so uh the darwin awards recognize individuals who are supposedly contributed to human evolution by selecting themselves out of the gene pool via death or sterilization by their own actions so if you're familiar with darwin's theory of evolution and natural selection i don't need to go any further into it but if you're not you should probably read a book the darwin awards (laughs) site does try to verify all submitted stories so they are all real true stories but there are some that have been distinguished as urban legends mm-hmm. um because all right there's they've got this thing called the grandfather rule which is a, a thing in all laws and all sort of things where anything before a point where a rule becomes a rule can still be considered like legit but yeah. after the point that the rule is made you, you you can't continue you can't break the rule anymore so yeah the old stories have just been renamed as urban legends, but they still have, they, they still maintain their award. Um, but they, they're pretty clear about telling you that those are, have been debunked. There are also honorable mentions, which means that the person involved in this story didn't actually die from their actions. And we'll probably have some more on those later. I know I have like a little bit about that. Also, the candidate is disqualified if innocent bystanders who might have contributed positively to the gene pool are killed in the process. Yep. 
So you ain't allowed to be stupid and cause anyone else any harm. That is not cool for the Darwin Awards. Also, the Darwin Awards take into account a distinction between idiotic deaths and accidental deaths. The award winner must actively take themselves out of the gene pool with astonishingly (laughs) stupid methods and not something which can be sort of understandable. So the best way to explain this is this. If a person was demonstrating that a gun won't go off by handling the gun and accidentally shoots themselves that's an accident and it does happen it's dumb but it happens and it's an accident but if a person shoots themselves deliberately to prove that it is loaded that would be eligible do you kind of get the difference there yeah 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 yeah. right so and finally and possibly quite importantly the darwin awards are all inclusive They are open to all ethnic groups, all cultures, genders, socioeconomic groups, ages, all sorts. Okay, except I think that you have to be an adult to get an adult. So anyone over the age of whatever adult is in the country, because adult is different in different countries. So I think it's probably because it's in the States, I'll probably be 18 as a general blanket rule, I reckon. Yeah. I didn't actually look too much into that, but... But all are welcome to be nominated for a Darwin Award. And that's refreshing <laughs> in this day and age. Yeah. So, Melanie, can you tell me about some Darwin Award winners? All right. So, I was introduced to the Darwin Awards, I want to say roughly about 97. Was, yeah, it was when I, 97, 98, when I got into it. My dad is a horror novelist. And um, he had been given a fat stack of, I don't know if it was like a transcript or what, but I just remember this giant stack of printed paper. And he said, these are Darwin Awards. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, basically, these are all the people who have died so stupidly that they've done us all a favor by not existing anymore. Mm-hmm. So in 1997, I was about 11. Yeah, about 11 or 12 when I started reading these. And there were two that stuck with me through all these years as some of my favorites and I was able to find them which was tricky so I found like the actual piece of paper that I had read too so 1997 Darwin Awards fourth runner up a 32 year old man was apparently being disorderly in a St. Louis supermarket when the clerk threatened to call the police he grabbed a hot dog shoved it into his mouth and walked out without paying police found him unconscious in front of the store Paramedics removed the six-inch wiener from his throat, where he had choked, where it had choked him to death. I mean, that is pretty dumb. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> I, I do have I do have names for these people, but I, I do want to just kind of out of respect, sort of try and keep it nameless. It feels it feels a little bit less personal, a little less yeah. cold-hearted. I, I believe that I introduced that that last week because I do not like um, speaking ill of the dead in, unless they've done something like nasty. But people that die by their own stupidity, um, they don't really deserve to be completely, you know, you know, humiliated for the rest of their existence. Plus, they probably still got family knocking about. So, you know. Exactly. In that same year, the third runner up and these all of them are so good particularly for this year. All of them were so good. Um, But these are the two that stuck with me that hit me as like an 11, 12-year-old kid and went, this 
is genius. So the third runner-up of that very same year, a poacher in Spain shot a stag standing above him on an overhanging rock. He was killed instantly when it fell on him. Yes! I love it. I love it, I love it because it's instant karma. Yeah. Oh, God, it's well, so Why good. would you shoot a stag above you? Anyway, don't try it. I have the don't. high ground. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Yeah, just don't. Just don't. And so those were the two that I had been hunting for very specifically. And seeing as they were runners up in that year, I was just like, okay, well, who won that year? The winner, I have such a hard time believing this is true because it's so astounding it's it's out of its damn mind but it is it, it is true all right you ready for this mm. i i can't i couldn't even write it down i had to like i have it on my phone here it's gonna so these two friends of the great state of washington decided to attend a local metallica concert at oh, the george washington amphitheater this one's an urban legend oh isn't it an urban legend cool yeah <laughs> yeah either way this is insane okay, and i want to share this you you tell it and then at the end of it i'm gonna rant about the fact that it's included in the film oh boy yeah okay oh boy okay oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so these two friends of the great state of washington decided to attend a local metallica concert at the george washington amphitheater having no ticket but having had 18 beers between them they thought it would be easy to hop over the nine foot fence and sneak into the show after pulling their pickup truck to the fence, the plan was for one of them, who was about 100, 100 pounds heavier than the other, to hop the fence and then assist his friend over. Unfortunately for the first one, there was about a 30-foot drop on the other side of the fence. Having heaved himself over, he found himself crashing through a tree. His fall was abruptly halted and broken, along with his arm, as it were, by a large branch that snagged him by his shorts. Dangling from the tree with a broken arm, he looked down and saw some bushes below him. Possibly figuring the bushes would break his fall, he removed his pocket knife and proceeded to cut away his shorts to free himself from the tree. Finally free, Mr. Pernicky fell and crashed into the bushes, which turned out to be holly shrubs. The sharp leaves left deep scratches over his entire body, and without the protection of his shorts, a holly branch penetrated his rectal cavity. To make matters worse, upon landing, his pocket knife penetrated three inches deep into his thigh. The other guy, on seeing his friend in considerable pain and distress, decided to throw him a rope and pull him to safely. Now he thinks of the S-word. By trying the rope, tying the rope to the pickup truck and slowly driving away. However, in his drunken haste, he put the truck into reverse and crashed through the fence, falling 30 feet in the truck and landing on his friend and killing him. Police arrived to find the crashed pickup truck with its driver thrown a hundred feet from the truck and dead at the scene from massive internal injuries. Upon removing the truck, they found the first guy under it, half naked with a broken arm, scratches on his body, a hollow branch up his rectum, a knife in his thigh, and his shorts dangling from a tree 25 feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was true, but I was just like, it's written down, and this one was... um. Yeah, th this was part of the grandfather rule, I believe. Yes. This was from yes. 1990. I want to say this one was actually from 1991, but it was submitted for the 1997 thing. But yeah, that was that was one of the the grandfather father rule pieces. Yes. Yeah. So 
they decided that that was probably an epic enough one of the Darwin Award stories to make it into the piece of whatever that the film was. Okay, the film was really quite bad. Um, And I am a cinemaphile, and I really do like lots and lots of different types of films. And I can actually forgive films for being terrible if it has content within it that... um, makes up for it but this film was a struggle yes this film is a struggle from beginning to end and I don't even remember if the actual plot of the film I don't remember the plot of the film and I don't remember if there was any resolution and I don't it was it was awful but in this particular story they've got uh the actor Judah Friedlander do you know him yeah yeah um he's playing the chubby one right um okay and then the the guy playing his friend is uh, Lucas Hass. So there's these two guys playing these two going to the concert. But anyway, um, the reason why it's it's made on un- just unbearably cringy is because they actually have Metallica do a cameo in the film. No. Oh. It kind of gives you an uh, the whole film itself is full of of cameos to the point of just every single character that gets introduced into it, you go, oh, that's her from, you know, The Craft. Oh, that's Juliana Margulies. And that's, you know, like everybody sort of shows up. And that's fine to a certain extent when it makes sense. Because there's one there's yeah. one cameo that I really do like. When uh, David Arquette's in the opening scene and he's playing a guy that's um, apparently strapped a basically a rocket engine to his car to make it go very, very fast. And this is also an urban legend one. But the character goes to buy the parts for the rocket, you know, rocket engine from a army surplus store. And the people working in the army surplus store are Jamie and Adam from the Mythbusters. Nice. So that is a cameo that makes sense because the very first episode of Mythbusters, they bust the myth of the man who strapped a rocket engine to his car to see if it would work. Okay, so that's a cameo that makes sense. But then there's stuff like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It it just gets a bit over the top after you go, oh, there's somebody in everybody's scene. But the Metallica one is so cringy. And they come... At first, you don't think that they're going to cameo and they cameo later in the film and they basically are just... It's awkward and it's terrible. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's 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 a weird film. Winona Ryder is adorable in it, but she's adorable in everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm. That, so yeah, that one is an urban legend, but it's a, it's a doozy. It's probably the first... One of the first ones I heard, I think. Yeah. The Metallica concert one. So it's a good one. All right, so I do have some verifiable ones. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. <sighs> so there was this one, Florida, December 23rd, 1991. And as you would expect, an astonishing amount of these are from Florida. <laughs> no offense, Floridians. Uh, well, right. they already know. They, they know. They, they are well aware. <laughs> So December 23rd, 1991. And what was fun about this one is it was the on the on the website for the story. It was all the official airplane oh shit, the, like airplane tower sort of um, uh, release statement about this incident. Yeah. 
And I was going to read it, but then there's like a whole bunch of technical things that I'm all, I'm going to make this really hard to understand. So I, I didn't do that. December 23rd, 1991, Florida. Two fatalities. The private pilot and a pilot rated passenger, so essentially two pilots, were going for a practice simulated, going to practice simulated instrumental flight. Witnesses observed the airplane's right wing fail in a dive and crash. Examination of the wreckage and bodies revealed both occupants only partially clothed and the front right seat in a fully reclined position to be converted into a bed. No body showed any sign of having been strapped in, and their lack of clothing seemed to be voluntary, as they showed no signs of ripping or distress. Mm. Official statement. The pilot in command's improper in-flight decision to divert her attention to other non-flight-related activities, i.e. sex, left nobody in control of the plane. Contributing to the accident was the exceeding of the design limits of the airplane leading to a wing failure, which means the lack of pilot caused the plane to fly erratically, overstressing the wing and leading to a crash. Bless them. Nice. Yeah. Yes. There's another one of the Darwin Awards, isn't there, where someone thought that um, you could put a... um, that, that cruise control was the same as autopilot and they put their like mini like their bus on cruise control and went yeah. to like go have some sexual activities and crashed <laughs> and died because there's no such thing as autopilot in a Winnebago but no. they put that in the film as well but they kind of make it like a lot bigger that I remember the I remember the Darwin Award not being as spectacular as they make it in the film but I definitely remember people saying don't you know like there's there's somebody wants mixed up autopilot with cruise control and disaster yeah. ensues that one's probably an urban legend but though i don't put it past people to be that stupid no i mean admittedly when i was like 16 or 17 you say cruise control that sounds like autopilot to me but i don't drive so you know yeah fair enough or nor nor do you have access to a, a giant rv no no i do not so, I have, like I said, I have so many. Yeah. Um, I have so many. Um, but okay, I, I know you have a little thing. So before you do that, I just want to do my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. As you may or may not know, my biggest fear, one of my biggest fears, orcas is orcas. <laughs> what yes. was that noise? That was a good one. <laughs> So, oh my orcas, god, there's a Darwin Award with orcas. I'm excited. Yes, and it's probably one you already know too. Oh. Um. So, yes, I am deathly afraid of orcas, and it's it sounds dumb and it sounds silly, but I am I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. I've watched every documentary about orcas that you could possibly imagine. Orca, the '70s horror film, is one of my favorites because it's fucking terrifying and it's fucked up. I love them. I love them and I'm terrified of them. <laughs> so there is this one particular orca that has been in captivity. He died uh, two years ago, I believe. And I was actually really sad about it. Um, and his name is Tillicum. Okay. Do you know Tillicum? I am not very good with names. So okay. I'm not particularly good with orca names. In, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. It's kind <laughs> of a specialty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might be familiar with the story. Tillicum is one of the biggest orcas to be in captivity. And out of the four recorded 
human deaths caused by orcas, he was responsible for three of them. Right. His life, I mean, if you watch the documentary, I think it's called Blackfish, yeah. really worth the watch. Oh, it's yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen Blackfish. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes. Devastating. Oh, yeah. And my heart broke for Tillicum, even though he scared the bejesus out of me. Um, my heart broke for him every single time. Yeah. But out of those three deaths that Tillicum caused, one of them was an, a Darwin Award winner. There was this gentleman, bless his heart, who was as known as a bit of a stoner and a bit of a uh, uh, he was he was a stoner and he was a bit of a shifter. He 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 walked around. He he walked away from home. He joined the Hare Krishnas for about a month, took a vow of silence, and the Hare Krishnas kind of looked at him like, "Why? We don't do mm-hmm. vows of silence. This that's not part of our." Yeah, you're mixing us up with uh, Hindu. Is that I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, it's Hindu. No, Buddhists. Was... He was kind of a dirtbag. Catholics um, do vows of silence. Yeah. Anyway. Hare Krishnas, not no. so much. They're more about the singing and the, you know, and the bells. <laughs> so um, he took a vow of silence and he traveled around getting in all kinds of trouble, uh, getting arrested for petty theft, I think, um, about three days before he was, um, uh, three days before he died, he had just been released from jail for having stolen a candy bar from 7-Eleven and some other, like, just petty shit. Do but you the whole know time what candy bar? I'll have it right here. Hold on. Oh, nice. I'm going to judge his character based on the candy bar that he, he stole. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Mike and Ike's, he's, our relationship is over. <laughs> um, dear, hold on. Three Musketeers. Okay, yes. Three Musketeers yeah. are delicious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Was it then a king size? The... <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So he left a string of petty offenses throughout South Carolina, 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 Washington, Texas, and Florida. Three days before his death, he had completed a three-day sentence from the Indian River County Jail for stealing a Three Musketeers candy bar from 7-Eleven. He resumed his vow of silence in court. The suspect would not speak, a Vero Beach officer reported, so instead he used pen and paper to deny his charge. Mm. Three days later, our intrepid stoner gained admittance to SeaWorld and loitered near the whale pools until 10 p.m. closing, evading the 24-hour security. After stripping to his bathing trunks, he scaled a three-foot plexiglass barrier, crossed a short stone wall, and climbed into Tillicum's frigid enclosure using steps ringing using steps ringing the 80 by 100 foot pool. You know, just sort of signaling that there's something in the pool. An employee spotted Daniel's nude form draped just below Tillicum's dorsal fin at 7.35 a.m. His swimming shorts were found elsewhere in the tank. Tillicum apparently tried to remove his shorts with his razor-sharp teeth, the medical examiner said. Mm. Some people say that he bit off his penis. I could not find anything verifying this fact, although I like to assume that that's true. (laughs) because of your irrational fear of orcas well and this is not even his first time sneaking into SeaWorld to swim with sea mammals um a couple years before he had snuck in to swim with manatees (laughs) like what the fuck is (laughs) I love them but, I mean, Tillicum, he was always in so much distress, and they, they guess they found him with uh, the, the guy. Um, he seemed to have drowned 
and uh, died of hypothermia because the water was fucking freezing. But what whales do is that they'll take people or or their food, essentially, and they'll drag it down to the bottom and drown it. Mm-hmm. That's what they do to penguins and seals that, that aren't that, – that need air, essentially. Mm-hmm. They'll just take them down and drown them. Or they'll throw them in the air and break their bones and then take them back under the water and drown them again. And they just kind of keep back and forth with that sort of thing. I know a lot about orcas. I could do a whole episode on them. Anyway um, – <laughs> But yeah, he had been dragged along the bottom of the pool and thus winning a Darwin Award for being a fucking idiot. And uh, yeah, so that one's one of my favorites because it brings lets me talk about Telecom, who I love and and fear. And uh, yeah, also validates they do kill people, just not very often. And most of them was just by this one whale. And um, usually when they've been brought into our environments and not the other way around. Yeah, doesn't make them any less terrifying to me. They're fucking smart. Did you know? No, no, no. I gotta no, 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 go no ahead, orca no. facts right now. Hit me with the orca fact. <laughs> Did you know that whalers have a working relationship with orcas? Yeah, to trap the humpbacks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they will, um, the orcas will lead whalers to humpbacks or blue whales or whatever. Ones with babies. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. The whalers will take them out, and they will leave the tongues for the orcas. Mm. They do this for payment. Yeah. Mm, I got. I mean, I got how so smart are they? I mean, they're come crazy on. They're smart. Practically domesticating orcas. There. That's they're, how they're... dog domestication started. But I mean, ooh, there are so many things I could say about orcas. I have to stop. I, I did write a new topic into our random topic yeah, I about that. our fears <laughs> because I was on an orca kick. Yeah, that's fine. So if that one comes up, you can you can do your orca stuff. Oh, I have so much. I got so much to say, people. So much. And I'll talk about sunfish. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I hate yeah. them. Okay. I hate oh. them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got to they start. terrify start. me. Do you have any idea how big they are? They're insane. They're Did you know that wild. a sunfish weighs as much, can weigh as much as a baby elephant? Okay. They are the densest, densest, heaviest fish, creature. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm done. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm feeling a bit creeped out. Because I know that they just, because <laughs> they do this thing where they just like float and at the surface so that they could like, that's why they're called sunfish, so that they can warm up. But they're just like, oh, the, oh, they just. We think we think that it's so that they can warm up, but it could just be that they're so heavy and dense that they can't quite figure out how to turn themselves right side up again. The only problem with that topic is that in order for me to talk about the things that I'm afraid of, I'd have to research the things that I'm afraid of. Oh, but that's the best way to overcome your fear. Ugh, God, that's <laughs> creepy. Okay. Or right. well, we could look up each other's fears. <laughs> and try to scare the shit out of each other. There we go. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll have to see. Watch it come up at the end of this episode. Yeah. That would be serendipitous. So I have two recent winners, and I can save those for the end of the episode if you like, because uh, I want to hear what you got to say without me rambling throughout this entire thing. Okay. Well, there'll always be time for more stupid deaths at the end of the episode so anyway um i was kind of worried about how i was gonna like include a scientific 
research paper about yeah. a website, but you are not going to believe this. I found a study called The Darwin Awards, Sex Differences in Idiotic Behaviour. Yeah, nice. I know, right? So I'm delivering some science to you guys in the form of, uh, in the guise of, of Darwin Awards. This will make sense soon. So this was published by the British Medical Journal in 2014 and was written by four men. So before you write in and say that this is a sexist paper, just know that it was four men that wrote this paper. Nice. This paper aims to quantify the difference in male versus female recipients of the Darwin Awards. Spoiler, it's male. And examine <laughs> the idiotic behaviour that leads to their inclusion. So we're going to use science to prove that men are idiots. Doesn't this sound Yay. fun? <laughs> okay, there's this theory called the male idiot theory, or MIT, which is how I will refer to it from now on, the MIT, which basically states that men are idiots and idiots do stupid things. But the MIT hasn't had any real systematic analysis. So this paper aims to present evidence which may support the MIT using the Darwin Award winners as a data set. Nice. So, from a 20-year period, from 1990 to 2014 was obtained from the DarwinAwards.com and, quote, evaluated according to five rigorous selection criteria, end quote. And the criteria are as follows. Death, style, veracity, capability and self-selection so uh, in other words the candidate must be eliminated from the gene pool the candidate must show an astounding misapplication of common sense the event must be verified the candidate must be capable of sound judgment and the candidate must be the cause of his or her own demise yeah. okay so note they only used confirmed accounts, so urban legends and honourable mentions are eliminated. So honourable mentions, like I sort of briefly mentioned earlier, are examples where they've not died. So they've they've committed an idiotic behaviour, but they have not been eliminated from the gene pool, or they've basically they've survived or weren't made infertile. Yeah. But it was a close call. <laughs> very much could have, they very much could have done. Um, so there's an example of this where a man slipped when using a belt sander as an autoerotic device and lost a yeah. testicle. Yeah, so he lost a testicle, but because he repaired his scrotum with a staple gun, my God, he was able to salvage his remaining testicle, thus failing to eliminate himself from the gene pool. So although all of the stages of that, we've got belt sander, autoerotic device, lost testicles, ruptured scrotum, repaired with staple gun he survived and presumably his one testicle remaining can still produce offspring so he is not a candidate um if you want to um know the specific statistical analysis methods i'll post the source and you can check it out but i'm going to jump right to the results okay because not everybody really likes maths <laughs> out of the 318 qualifying cases 282 awards were won by males and only 36 to females. Males make up 88.7% of the Darwin Award winners, which is a statistically which is statistically highly significant. You do not often get curves like that. It is a 
gift. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Males are significantly more likely to receive the award. They are already known to have higher rates of admissions to ERs. That's well established. But this is often attributed to cultural and second socioeconomic factors, such as males being more likely to engage in contact sports and be employed in higher risk jobs. That said, males tend to engage in more risk-seeking behaviour from an early age. So there may be more to it than just social factors at play. So this leads us into the behaviours that result in being awarded a Darwin Award. The idiotic risk-taking. So what does that actually mean? It's senseless risk-taking where there is little to no apparent payoff and the outcome is extremely negative and often, well, deadly. So it's the kind of thing like the the business um, exec that threw himself out of a window because he was trying to prove that it was shatterproof. You know, there was he wasn't going to win anything by showing his friends that it, you know, his window wasn't shattered. It's not that cool, but he did it anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> in conclusion, the distribution of Darwin Award winners supports the myth, the male idiot theory. Men are idiots, and idiots do stupid things. So. At the end of the paper, they wanted to explore why. Why is this? So first of all, the paper itself acknowledges that there are weaknesses in the data collection, like possible selection bias and some kind of reporting bias. Maybe media outlets tend to report male stupidity over female. All the submissions for nominations could be made mostly by men, so therefore tend to be about men. And there are also other factors like intelligence. So it might just be that men are dumb and women are not, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just intelligence levels in general. Um, But in particular, the thing that is probably most likely to be the reason is the effect of alcohol on males versus females. Yeah. Okay. So, but regardless of these factors, the nominees are all taking part in a particularly idiotic behavior, which pays little or no attention to risk management. And if they have access to the danger, they do it anyway. So, I mean, that's pretty much, um, I just want to make it clear that the, the paper is presented in a very sort of like a deadpan way. But I could certainly read a little bit of like tongue in cheek through the whole thing. So everybody listening, I just kind of want you to sort of take away from, although, you know, it was using scientific methodology and it, you know, is quite a crazy concept. Just take it with the, in the, in the way that it was intended. Yeah, that there was said, some snark there. There was some snark there. It was meant to be a little bit of fun. Plus, one of the authors was still a student at the time. So I think it was probably like a project. And yeah. it just turned out very good, so it got published. Um, but all of that said, there is one point that the paper brings up that actually, because um, if you read scientific papers, um, if you read any kind of research papers, they always kind of um, have a little bit where they go, so where do we go from here? Because it's always good to have some kind of idea of what your research has done to aid human progress and where the progress can continue to go. So we don't ever stagnate. So there's one sort of final thought that this paper brought up, which was um, uh, I'll kind of 
semi paraphrase I'll kind of paraphrase it, but it's kind of taken pulled straight from the paper. Um, it is actually puzzling that males are willing to take such unnecessary risks, whether it is as a rite of passage in pursuit of male self-esteem or for bragging rights. Could it actually be some kind of survival of the species mechanism? Could, individually, could individuals selflessly be removing themselves from the gene pool on some biological level? There are flaws in this argument, of course, but it certainly deserves an evolutionary explanation. This idiotic behaviour actually creates an advantage for those who do not become its casualties. So it's something to think about. It's potentially written into our genes that if we're of a low intelligence, that we will then pursue higher risk activities and therefore have a higher chance of eliminating ourselves from the gene pool. Yeah. And that's why dumb people do dumb shit. Because they know they're dumb. Because because they like biologically know that they're stupid and they're going to take themselves out of the gene pool. That's awesome. I thought I was like, oh, uh, that is cool. They should pursue that, but it's kind of unethical. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's got like morality issues pasted it all over it but you know yeah. evolutionary theorists have never shied away from a little bit of controversy so we'll see where they go from there <laughs> well it's fun i love that <laughs> so um in conclusion uh women are smarter than men science proved it it's proven proven no, we're just less likely to take risks and get ourselves killed. That's basically <laughs> I'm just it. Just less likely to accidentally shoot myself in the face. Yeah, we've just got like this one mechanism that just goes, "Hold on a minute, maybe I shouldn't do that." <laughs> <laughs> and we're capable of doing some dumb stuff, just not mm -hmm. as likely. Not as frequently. Not as frequently. Not as frequently. Eighty-eight point seven percent. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So one thing um, that I, I kind of thought was a trip. So when I went to the Darwin Award website, I, uh, you know, it shows you who's in the running or who's um, eligible most recently. Right. Mm -hmm. And me and you, we're older. We're in our 30s now. Um, things were different back in our day. Uh, we didn't have news like we have news today. Um, you, we have news every, every day, all, all the tiny little stories that might would get, would have gotten lost in the cracks 20 years ago, 15 years ago. We can see all of them at any point. Yep. And so two winners of this last year are stories that I had actually read like on Facebook or, or yeah, probably Facebook. And that just cracked me up. I'm like, wow, I read those. Like, I saw that happening in action. And now they're Darwin Award winners. <laughs> that's so fucking, that's great. Because now now I can read the news and go, is that going to be a Darwin Award winner? Should I submit it? <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it was interesting. I shall put, so put it in one... my diary, the date today. Possible <laughs> Darwin Award nominee. Well, now, I, now my brain is like sort of, tr um, uh, my brain is ready to, to keep that in mind, when I'm reading the news, now I have Darwin Awards in the back of my mind, whereas I just it's, didn't before. 
do you find that it's kind of a little bit like um, a cultural, like a pop culture term now? So when someone does find themselves um, dying tragically, but in a stupid way, you sort of default to like, oh, well, then they got a Darwin Award. Like, it's almost like a, uh, like, um, yeah, like a cultural response, like to say the word duh or something like that. You know, I'm not sure it, it is now. That's what I mean. No, I, as, I just as think it's, it's so much a part this. of our lives and so much part of popular culture as we were going, as we were moving through our lives, mm-hmm. that it's now just like we see almost like when you see a motorcyclist speeding down a highway um, in shorts and a T-shirt, your brain goes to, I wonder if they're going to end up with a Darwin Award. <laughs> You know, well, and I, yeah, I think I think it had always been sort of kind of in the background of my my mind, but particularly now that two recent articles that I've read are now Darwin Award winners, mm-hmm. um, now it's it's at the forefront. Right now it's 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 right there. So the two that I I saw and and went oh shit I remember that was um, April two thousand nineteen. Right, just a few months wow. ago. Yeah, um, South Africa. And it's a very small, like a small snippet, but it is true. And I mean, you can, you can research, you can uh, look it up. There's a whole bunch of news articles about it. A man illegally crept into a national park to hunt or poach a rhino. He was trampled by an elephant and then eaten by a pack of lions. Oh, it's beautiful. Bless it. Bless it. And it's true. And, and I remember reading that and just saying, yeah, good. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's a Darwin Award winner, I, I didn't even think there. I did my brain didn't go there. Now it does. Now it does with every article I read from here on out. My brain is going, Oh yeah, Darwin Awards. Like now I'm gonna be fucking tracking the Darwin Awards. Yeah. A lot harder than I ever did before. I'm gonna wait and see what your second one is because there's one that I remember reading about very recently that I thought automatically this is this year's winner. But I will wait to see if that's the one the second one that you say. The one I, I, the one I got is November 14th, 2018. Adaman Islands, India. Yes, it is. Now, yes. this is this is something that you should know that would have been in my in my um stratosphere because it's, you know, yeah. anthropological. So, yeah, go on. So, November 14th, 2018, Adaman Islands, India which is the home to one of the most isolated tribes in the world, the Centelanese, one of the most isolated tribes in the world, and they have sworn off interaction with anybody because it was, I believe it was the 1800s we nearly wiped them out by being assholes. Yeah, well, we basically um, went to go and enslave them and then gave them a bunch of diseases, killed out about killed about 80% of their population, and book it off. Yeah. Yeah, that, and one of the one of the guys that took some of their children was like notoriously terrifying and awful with children, mm-hmm. and uh, had had taken illustrations, fucking creepy ass illustrations of these kids. Yeah, it was just awful. Yeah. Anyway, this guy, um, a young self-proclaimed world explorer and missionary, traveled by kayak to that island to bring them the word of Jesus. Um, he was immediately met with a volley of arrows, but proceeded onwards anyway. And if I remember correctly, a helicopter caught footage of the the tribes people dragging him with a rope across the beach. 
Um, and they will not even retrieve his body. No. No, because the last time that it had happened, a man had uh, gone to the island and they had deposited the body on the beach so that fishermen could go and pick it up. Yes. Um, and that was quite that was quite nice of them, if you think about it. No one, um, w- they're not governed by the laws of India, so they wouldn't face any consequences. However, the boats, like the ferry that took the guy to the island, they faced criminal charges for for mm-hmm. illegally transporting him. It is super, super strict. These people have a legend in their folklore about white folks that are going to come and take them all out yeah. because of this thing that happened to them. They think that we are like demons. They think we're evil. And I don't blame them in the slightest for thinking that. I don't blame them all. a bit. No. So just leave them alone. They don't. They're not going to. They, their legend says that white, white-skinned folks are going to kill them. You showing up with like, you know, your good intentions is not going to not, not going to stick with them. Not. No. Idiots. Yeah. No, I remember reading that and going, "What an idiot." Yeah, I remember reading going, "Oh, that's amazing." <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad for those poor people. Like, they have every fucking right. We've done nothing. Any experience they've had with us has been awful. So, yeah. No, F that guy. Yeah, the (laughs) Indian government are protecting them so that they can live in peace without us meddling. And it's always white people that go and meddle. We just need to stay the fuck away. There you go. What a fool. Seriously, though, check out the Darwin Awards website. They have a a random option, which is my favorite (laughs) thing, um, where you can just read a story, hit random, and then it'll take you anywhere from the last couple decades of all the different Darwin Awards that are in there. And some of them, they even have, like, ancient, you know, kings and things like that are are even uh, written up in there sometimes. It's a good time. Yep. There's been a lot of... (laughs) There's been a lot of... um... Uh, very considerate people taking themselves out for our for our benefit. So thank you to them. Thank you. A moment yeah. of silence for their sacrifice. <laughs> and now awesome. this. And now this. Um. So if you have any of your favorite Darwin Awards winners anything like that if you have a favorite darwin recipient please let us know throw it at us on our twitter our facebook our instagram zombie fishbowl or zombie fishbowl podcast we're easy enough to find you can also hit us up on our email at via email at zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com whether you have topics you want us to put into our random topic picker or if you want to tell us that we're full of beans or if you wanted to say, tell us your favorite Darwin Award recipient via that route as well. Yes, please. Yes, please. Right, so I'm going to sing my song now, Melanie. Are you ready? I'm ready to dance. Okay, okay. Random topic picker, random topic picker, you're a random topic picker, and you're going to pick a topic. I don't know how that became like the best song ever, but it is. <laughs> Because it's just so matter-of-fact and to the point. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Haunted objects. Ooh, ooh. Yes, cool. 
I'm vetoing Annabelle right now. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Although. Because there's a movie coming out. Everyone's saturated with it. Okay. Can I can I do like a small honorable mention or something? Yes, if we, we can have do time? an Annabelle honorable mention. It's just that that's the one thing that I'm just. Uh, no, I get uh, it. No, I totally get it. But I <laughs> see. I was I was a diehard. I wanted to be a parapsychologist when I was uh-huh. a kid. So I got some things. And uh, yeah, we'll go into it. We'll totally go into it. Oh, I'm excited. This is a good one. I love haunted shit. Boom. 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 Yeah. I think that I can find some examples in like archaeology, so that should be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. And do we have a quote this week? Right. So. <laughs> yes. So it's my turn to do a quote this week. So I thought um, the best person to try to find a quote on um, the topic of human stupidity was the late great George Carlin. Yeah. So I thought I'd go to him for some little zingers. But the problem is that he has so much wisdom when it comes to talking about stupid people that I could not stop finding quotes. So I'm going to sort of hit you with one and then you can tell me if you want another one and then I'll give you another one and then you can just tell me when to stop, okay? That sounds hot. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Right. The first one. Here's all you need to know about men and women. Women are crazy men are stupid and the main reason women are crazy is that men are stupid yes yes give me more okay think of how stupid the average person is and realize half of them are stupider than that (laughs) nice right more more Okay. If it's true that our species is alone in the universe, then I'd have to say the universe aimed rather low and settled for very little. Yeah. Yeah. He's the ultimate uh, pessimist, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. Right. Uh, Never argue with an idiot. They will only bring you down to their level and beat you with ex- with experience. Yeah. Oh. It's so true. Yeah. One more. Give me more. Right, one more, one more, and then we'll stop. The IQ and the life expectancy of the average American recently passed each other in opposite directions. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the zinger. That's the zinger. Ouch. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) And thinking about that, he probably said that in like the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that dates us, you know, the George Carlin reference. I wonder if the youngies. Yeah. I wonder if the youngies are desperately Googling right now to be like, who's George Carlin? Oh, it's the guy from Bill and Ted. Right? Yeah. I have this little necklace in my shop and I want it so bad. It's it's wood and it's a little wood circle and it's painted with George Carlin's face in the middle. Oh. Uh wearing a wearing a halo. Yes, that's brilliant. The irony of that is not lost on on him. Yep, the ultimate atheist. But he was um he was very well loved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thanks George for your insightful comments on human stupidity. You were right about all of it. All of it, as always. <laughs> we miss you. <sighs> all right. And with that ends our episode of Zombie Fishbowl. Join us again next week when we discuss haunted 
objects. <laughs> I didn't cackle nearly enough in the last episode, and I'm really disappointed with it. It, it, it is. It is. There was a lack of cacklage. You'll have to make up for it. I'm just going to do a cackle track. That's my favorite thing to say today. Cackle track. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>